This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Marketing Distilled. I'm your master distiller, Jonathan Gaby. With over 10 years of marketing experience, ranging from retail, hospitality, professional services, and more, I've grown audiences, created and executed social media strategies, and helped grow the social media audiences. You could say that all my work is translated into serving businesses to grow their marketing efforts and bottom lines. You know, when we think about all the ways we market to our customers and how we grow sales and our customer base, we have almost too many options to consider. We have the traditional means like radio, television, newspapers, magazines, mailers, and billboards to market and advertise. And yet still now in the new age that we live in, we have newer ways to market through digital means. Digital is an ever-increasing and expanding medium, but let's say that for this episode, we're talking about website content, social media, blogs, search like Google and Bing, and social media, which there are too many to list. Of all the possible tools and apps to use, there's just one that consistently is the go-to for marketing any business and every business, entrepreneur, and cause should use. In this episode of Marketing Distilled, I want to talk to those busy and hardworking business owners about using email marketing to grow their business. Lots of people think that email marketing is passe and no longer relevant, but in this episode, I want to get you excited about using email marketing to grow your business. Email marketing is not dead. On the contrary, it's still alive and it's still bringing business to those who use it well. In this episode, you'll learn how to do email marketing well and get it right on using it for your business. I guess this episode of the Marketing Distilled podcast is titled Email Marketing, my top six tips for you to use. So let's talk about this. Um, My first point, and really that is a question, why should I use email marketing for my business? Well, there are lots of reasons why you should use email marketing for your business. A couple of them are nearly everyone checks email at least once a week 
and some check their emails once a day. And even still, many people check their email many times during the day. So email gives you a direct channel of communication between your business and someone who may want to buy from you. Email also is the best way to build that know, like, and trust factor that businesses need and consumers want before they do business or buy something. It's a great way to build a relationship. Also, having an email list is a crucial piece of data. As of now, when I'm recording this, you can upload your email list to Facebook and to uh, create audiences that you can serve ads to. And what's more is that Facebook, as of now, will use this data they've collected about people on your list to create audiences that are similar to yours so that you can get more people interested in your products or services. They call that a lookalike audience. What's most compelling here, though, is that you have a direct way to interact with and tell your customers and audience what's new, share stories, and more. You don't have to wait on an algorithm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or any of the social media channels that use an algorithm to either deliver the message when it thinks that it should be delivered or not deliver the message at all. Also, the best thing about email marketing is that whatever message you are sending is delivered instantly. So the next point I'd like to make is what do I need to start email marketing? Well, there's a fair bit of things you need to get started. So let's break it down into everything you might possibly need. First, you'll need a branded email address. For example, info at mycompany.com. You don't want to use a more generic email like yourcompany at gmail.com. Those scream amateur and unprofessional. Most people who see this probably don't care, but let's be real. If I see a company that has done the work to create an email address like info at mycompany.com, I feel more secure about the work that they're doing. To do this, you can use a service like Microsoft Outlook or Google Workspace to help you set up an email address like info at mycompany.com. If that doesn't work or if you have different things going on, contact your IT department. The next thing you'll need to do to start email marketing is to sign up for an email service provider. These uh, things are like MailChimp, Constant Contact, Aweber, ConvertKit. And I'll put the links to these services in the show notes at the uh, on the website uh, for you to check out if you'd like to get started. What these services let you do is give you lots of features like integrating with your website, segmentation, which is seg uh, separating your list into different groups, email sequences, and also emails that are sent if people forget to buy something from your website. The next thing that you'll need is a few email message templates. These could be anything from the list below, which are a blog post template. Say if you want to share your latest blog post with your list from your website. Uh, 
uh, a newsletter. This could range from different products, updates from your business, like an employee of the month, a featured product. And this could be a featured product like, um, you know, a special bourbon that you're uh, promoting or a clothing line that's just launched or, you know, whatever the featured product is that you're trying to encourage people to sell. Then uh, kind of a wild card here, job opportunities. Sending opportunities to your customers and hiring from your tribe is a great way to find talent. I think that most businesses are struggling with uh, getting uh, qualified candidates to work for them these days. And so using email marketing to encourage people to uh, apply and work for the companies that they know and love is a great way to increase your um, human resource pool. And uh, anything you, anything else that you want to tell your audience on your list, create maybe a blog post template. This is really up to you. Finally, you'll want to decide on a frequency as to when you'll email your list. This could be weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. It's less about frequency and more about consistency at this point. The third thing that you need is a list of email addresses to email. And I guess this goes without saying, but building a list is vital for your success. First question I get asked a lot uh, by people who want to work with me is, how do you grow your email list, Jonathan? So assuming that we are starting from scratch, here's the best way I know to grow your email list. It's good to understand first that a person's email address is a pretty personal thing. Customers and the general public don't just give their email addresses uh, freely. They know that you'll probably email them or you'll get on some list that doesn't, uh, that'll, you know, just be spam or, you know, irrelevant and a big hassle. It's true that you will be emailing these people, but you want to create a safe space by ensuring that they know that you won't sell their information to other people or even loan it out to others. So you need to make sure that you make that clear to the person looking at your form on your website. These things are like GDPR, um, you know, disclosure uh, policies that different states um enact at least in America. I'm not sure how it is in Europe, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's kind of, you know, you don't want to sell your information and we won't sell your information. And this is our, our pledge to you. So after you have that little bit of uh, policy and legalese down, uh, the next thing you'll need to do is to develop some sort of a lead magnet or a way to entice someone to give you their email address. There are lots of different types of incentives. Uh, these are just some examples that I thought of before recording this episode today. A PDF download that contains some sort of information, like a gear list if you sell uh, cameras, tripods, or lenses, or video equipment. That could be like the top 10 things you need to do a live stream, or uh, the essential pieces that you need for a podcast something that you know people can uh, download and um, read and take action on. Uh, 
a white paper is also something that you could use, and that, that could also be a PDF download that conveys some sort of information. This could be anything from a recent success in your business or how you can help customers and the, uh, the transformation that you have helped other people take and have by doing business with you. Another, another thing you could do is a three-part email series. Customers could use a series of emails to get them oriented or familiar with what you do. For example, help your new customer make something so that you can sell something to them later. And finally, if you're selling something online, then ask people who buy your products if they'd like to join your email list. So these are a few examples that you could use to capture email addresses online on your website, like a, a digital sense. But how, how would you go about building your email list offline? Well, then your approach should be a little different. In your store, for example, you might want to make sure that all your staff are trained to let them know that uh, they should communicate with their customers when they deal with them on the sales floor or in person that um, subscribing to the email list that they have will give them the opt-in or to, uh, to give them a discount for a future purchase or, or just something. Uh, the key here is to have many different points that uh, customers will, will make or excuse me, uh, lots of lots of different touch points that your um, team and your staff and your uh, company will take with uh, their guests or their customers to make sure that they know that they can uh, subscribe to their to your email list to um, get on their list for future um, action. So. To do that, you might want to have a uh, well-designed form that is easy to fill out and that encourages legibility. I know this is old school, but sometimes old school is what works, especially when you have tech issues or some other problem that comes up in the store, or you're in a location where you have limited access to the internet. You'll just have to enter in the data after your event or whatever you're doing. So. Pro tip here, though, is that whether you're doing online or offline email list building, you should be at the bare minimum collecting the subscriber's email address. That's a big no-brainer. And the subscriber's first name. Maybe a last name, too, but the idea is to make it quick and an easy process. You don't need to worry about mailing address, phone number, birthday, um, blood type, any of those um, other data points. Finally, you want to make sure that it's easy to fill out and it's it forces people to be legible. That could be anywhere from giving them a certain amount of space for each letter to kind of space out letters that they have in their email. And as you are uh, seeing your customer or guest fill out the form, just make sure that you confirm with them that their email address is peter at gmail.com because people don't write so well these days and, and it's important to get the information right so that you have the, the correct email address to enter into the system. Well, there are three points to help you succeed in email marketing. We'll be back from a word from our sponsors. 
So I want to thank you for listening to the Marketing Distilled podcast. And this is the part of the show where I need to ask for your help. Uh, I can't make this show on my own as much as you think I can. I need your help. And there are three ways that you can help me produce a great show. The first way is that you can email me at contact at jonathangaby.com and you know, just give me your feedback about what you think about the show and if you have any show ideas for me to cover in the future. This could be a question that you have about marketing. Uh, previously, I took a question from a listener about marketing her service-based business, and I think she really enjoyed the, uh, the feedback and the information that I gave her. The next thing is, is that if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, then subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I think I'm pretty much everywhere podcasts can be because it works really hard to do that. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on your podcast player. Those would really help me out. And I appreciate any messages that you might send in the future. So, this being the Marketing Distilled podcast, every episode I highlight a bourbon that I'm drinking, actually while recording the episode, and maybe during show prep too, but we won't get into that. This week's bourbon is Benchmark 8-Year, and you can read more about this at buffalotracedistillery.com slash ourbrands slash benchmark.html. But here's what uh, Buffalo Trace has to say about Benchmark 8-Year. This is Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and in 1773, three McAfee brothers named James, George, and Robert left Virginia westward to explore the uncharted territory that would later be known as Kentucky. Traveling by canoe at first, the McAfee Company eventually followed a native trail overland that led to the Great Buffalo Crossing, where the brothers surveyed the land now home to the world's most award-winning distillery, Buffalo Trace Distillery. And I've been there, folks. It's a great place to visit. The surveyor marks left behind are known as benchmarks. And this bourbon whiskey honors the pioneering spirit of these early American explorers. Here's what I find uh, as far as how this bourbon tastes. This is coming from them as well, and I think it's it's pretty spot on. The nose bears a car, uh, caramel note with a delicate stone fruit backdrop, a robust and sturdy palate with some fine leather notes mingle with the dry tobacco, a touch of oak and a hint of dried cherries. The finish is smooth and calming. Man, this is a great bourbon. And if you'd like to find out more about that bourbon, you can visit the website uh, that I'll put in the show notes. Okay, so now we're back to the meat of the episode. Let's recap with our three points here real quickly. You should be using email marketing for your business. That's a no-brainer. And you need to start email marketing by getting a uh, branded email, signing up for an email service provider, and uh, 
putting together some ideas about what you'd like to email uh, your list, uh, like blog post templates, newsletter templates, that kind of thing. And then you'll need to grow your email list. And we talked about that previously. And so now we're at the, uh, the, the bottom half of the episode today. And my second tip is really that you need to make sure that you get your emails delivered and read. Now that you have everything that you need to get started, I bet you're wondering, if we go through all this trouble to get set up for email marketing, we better make sure that we do everything we can to get those emails delivered and read, which is absolutely true. The first part is about deliverability. In your user's first sign-up email, they'll get an email saying that, would you like to subscribe to this uh, email list? And then in that email, you'll want to make sure that you have your new subscriber add you or add the email address to their safe senders list, either by adding your email to their contact list or some other means based on their email client, which is like Apple Mail, Microsoft Outlook, Spark, any of those things. What this will do is tell their uh, email client, the app that they use that are used to read and compose email with, that this email address is someone I want to hear from. That way, they will make sure to get your email. So now that your email subscriber is, re- is uh, set to be received and uh, the, the emails that you send will get delivered to them, this, uh, the big question is now, how do you make sure that they get uh, the email read? And here, there are really three key elements that you ought to use and keep in mind when you create your subject line. For, for this exercise and for this issue, it really is about the subject line. It's that a little teaser text that you see in your email client that tells you what this email is about. The subject line should entice the recipient to open the email. How do you do this? I rely on three really easy elements uh, to put together. This is my recipe of uh, creating a strong uh, email subject line. First, most, if not all, email service providers include mail merge tags to insert various pieces of information collected in your email uh, subscription form. In the old days, it would be like if you went to Microsoft Word and did a mail merge that pulled from an Excel spreadsheet that had like your name, address, phone number, you know, city, state, zip for a mailing. It's the same thing, just digital. So you need to be sure that you're getting the first name because it'll play into this um, for sure. But all your major email sub uh, service providers that I listed on the top of the episode do allow you to insert the first name, last name, any other information that you might have uh, in the copy of your email. And that certainly does include the subject line. So what you'll see if you do this right, or what your email subscriber will see, is that her name prominently put into the subject line. Something like Jonathan, check out this new product. Or Jill, here is something from uh, the wine shop. Or something like that. Most people are gravitated towards their name, and it's no different if you put their name in their subject line. So after you insert their name in the subject line, 
The next thing you'll want to do is write compelling copy that, ins that entices the subscriber to take action or that primes the pump for them to open the email. In his book, Product Launch Formula, uh, Jeff Walker lists about eight mental triggers that can encourage people to buy or to take action. And here are three that I think are really um, uh, applicable to email subject lines. First is anticipation. People get excited about future things. And use anticipation for your email subject lines. These are great for events or upcoming product launches. The next thing you want to consider using is scarcity. We all know that products and services have limited supply. There's only so much bourbon you can sell. There's only so many products you can, you can sell, that kind of thing. Using scarcity will help you increase sales or purchases. People don't want to miss out on things, you know, uh, or not get things that are hot right now. Think about the hottest Christmas toy of the year. Think about the, the rare items that people want. Using scarcity will help you get your email list or get your emails read and opened or opened and read by your email list. Now, one thing I like is social proof. You know, the old saying, um, quote, soul asylum for a minute, that nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. And subject lines like, John, learn why Jim chose to buy this are really interesting ways to encourage your email list to open your emails that you send to them. Lastly, I want to let you in on a little secret. Did you know that you can use emojis in your subject lines? <laughs> yes, those little graphics can be the difference between someone reading your email and not. Those little images will help attract the eye and further emphasize your message. If you have an upcoming event, use the calendar emoji. Is it going to be Taco Tuesday coming up? Use the taco emoji. You get the idea. Use an emoji to uh, influence people to look at the subject line, read the subject line, and then open the email. This is where I give you permission to be creative. So to write great subject lines, use the subscriber's first name, use strong copy using anticipation, scarcity, and social proof, and finally, use emojis to further attract the eye. So my next tip is to use scheduling and cal calendaring tools to get ahead in your business. My favorite feature of all time, of all social media platforms and tools that I use to manage social media is the ability to schedule posts and content to be sent or published at a future, at a future date. This is where you take time to figure out what email messages you'll need to send and coordinate with your entire marketing mix. You've got a social media campaign going on. Well, use your email marketing to uh, bolster what you're saying in the uh, social media. You've got a, an ad in the paper coming up. Use your email marketing to, to bolster that. Make sure that you're coordinating things to make sure that you're doing the right thing as far as timing and um, promotion 
and doing all the things that you need to do to make sure that your message is heard. Because if your message isn't heard, then it's all for naught. You're just throwing money out the window. The idea, though, with scheduling is to get ahead of the game and be proactive and not reactive and in charge of your business. If you're always reacting to things, then you're, then you're not uh, being proactive and in charge of your business. Scheduling and calendaring tools can help you get ahead. Uh, and then this is also a means by which you can test to see when the best time is to send an email. For me, in my experience, it's been an exercise in developing a theory based on assumptions and seeing what works. Every email list is different, and it's up to the marketer and team to figure out the best time to send emails and the worst times and avoid those. I've learned over the years that early morning is a great time for emails to be sent because people check their emails in the morning. You know, they have their morning routine where they get up, they do their thing in the bathroom, they make a cup of coffee, they check their social media, and oh, by the way, they want to check their email. They do this every single morning, at least from Monday through Friday. And that's what I've learned over the years, is that morning is a great way for uh, email marketers to uh, send their messages and get them read. I've also found that evenings are not as great because people don't check their email because their focus is elsewhere. You know, they, they just got the kids from school. They got to get dinner on the table. They got to let the dog out. They've put their phone in a bread box to make sure that they're present with their um, family. So don't send emails to get read um, in the evening because likely they're not going to read them. Now, some other ways that you, or some other times that you might find helpful are during the lunchtime, like between 11 and 1, because it's the same thing. They need to check in with their people and they, they have their routine on their phone to check their social media, to check their Instagram, to check their Twitter, to check on Facebook and vote. Oh, by the way, what are these emails that are people sending me? So you have to be uh, strategic and understand your customer about when to send your email. Uh, to your uh, email list. One, uh, one such example I'll share with you today on the Marketing Distilled podcast is an idea that I had working for a quick service restaurant that's famously closed on Sundays. In, in a promotion, in a market-wide contest once, we were trying to increase our mobile orders uh, through the uh, quick service restaurant name app. Um, and we wanted to see who could increase their orders the most. So I had an idea that I would email my list on Sundays when you couldn't get it and you couldn't have that quick service restaurant that's famously known for its chicken sandwiches and waffle fries. You couldn't get this chicken sandwich or the waffle fries on Sunday because we were closed. And I think it was brilliant because it primed the pump for sales on Monday because it got people thinking about it. And I knew that my people who were fans of this quick service restaurant known for its chicken sandwiches and waffle potato fries, um, always wanted the chicken sandwich and the waffle fries on Sundays and they couldn't have it. So I think that was a brilliant idea. And it was because we won the market wide contest. So for, for this point, you need to schedule and calendar uh, your emails to get ahead and also help test your emails to find out when they should go out.
So now we've gone through all these steps to set up email. Okay, so we know why we're doing this. We know what we need to, uh, you know, the, the, the email addresses, the service provider, the templates. And uh, we now know that we have a, a list to grow and here's how we're growing that list. And now we're scheduling the emails to figure out when these emails should go out and we're testing and things like that. How do I further optimize my email marketing? This is my sixth and final point. Optimizing your email marketing takes many different forms. To do so, we have to understand some basic metrics that marketers use to gauge their success. There are really two uh, main um, metrics that we use in email marketing. The first is your open rate. Your open rate is a ratio of the people on your list that have opened the email versus those on your list that didn't. It's always better to have a higher open rate, obviously. And in this uh, section, you can optimize your send times and subject lines to help increase your email open rate. Now, the next thing you want to check on is your click-through rate. That's click-through rate, otherwise known as CTR. I think that's how I say it anyway. And your click-through rate is the ratio of people who, after opening the email, clicked on any of the links you have in the email copy. These links could be the, the blog post link to read more about the blog post that you wrote, a product listing on your shop, or some other thing in your email message. So when you have higher click-through rates, then that means that people are actively being engaged in the content that you're providing to them. And really that should give you some sort of an idea of the engagement that people are having with your email uh, marketing efforts. So those are some basic metrics. One advanced technique is to use A-B testing. That's A-B testing. What it is, is essentially you split your list up into two groups and you send the same email message, but you change just one element of the email message. You only change one. You don't change five. You don't change two. You don't change six. You just change one because that's what you're trying to test. This uh, Examples of this would be words in your subject line or a button color or images or even the time that you send the email. This testing gives you clues on what works best for your list. It takes time, but when you do this over time, it will help you better design emails and help you make better decisions in the future. Well, this is the conclusion of the Marketing Distilled podcast episode today, uh, where I gave you six different tips for the uh, busy entrepreneur, business owner to uh, keep in mind when they start or do their email marketing. Hopefully you've learned something today. Uh, today we've learned that email marketing is a vital component of your marketing mix. It gives you the power to directly communicate with your list of people who want to hear from you 
And to get started, you'll need a branded email address, a email service provider, and a few templates. To grow your list uh, is vital. And it begins with the creation of various opt-in strategies and relies on you creating a safe space for your subscribers. You'll want to write email subject lines that get your email read and opened, and you can use scheduling tools to get ahead and get organized in your email marketing. And finally, you can optimize your email marketing using metrics like your open rate and your click-through rate and use A-B testing, uh, testing one element of a time, your email messages, and making informed decisions about what to do in future uh, email messages. Anyhow, so hopefully this episode has been useful, instructive, maybe encouraging and informative too. Uh, So thanks for listening to Marketing Distilled. I hope that you've enjoyed this deep dive episode on email marketing. I'm your master distiller, Jonathan Gaby, and tune in in a couple of weeks, give or take a day, for the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.